The MLS playoffs are down to the final four after a wild end to a thrilling weekend. This is the SBI Show. I'm Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarsep. I gotta say, Ivis, you agree, man. This weekend, absolutely awesome on Sunday. MLS Cup playoff action. It was crazy, man. The the quadruple header on Sunday uh, was chock full of excitement, chock full of crazy plays, crazy goals, some outstanding performances, and we are now down to four teams going for that MLS Cup title. Yes, I mean today got better on. Huh? I mean, look, we'll talk about the games, but you know, the New York DC game, not the best game, but after that, the games peaked and in great with Vancouver, Portland. Dude, if you missed any of the games, watch them. It was awesome weekend, especially Seattle, Dallas. Oh. That game, yeah, no, it was great. It was, uh, I mean, it was a good weekend overall of soccer. I mean, there was some good stuff in Europe. NASL playoffs were also going on. I was, I was actually at the Cosmos game, Cosmos Strikers, and uh, that was that was a lot of fun out in Brooklyn. First time ever in Coney Island. Uh, I, I don't know if you're you're from. I think you're familiar with the movie The Warriors. Uh, yes, I watched I, it the other day in your honor. It was. Did you? Was, oh yeah, you told me you didn't like because what would you think it was cheesy or old? It was a little bit. I mean, but the thing is, like, I get it. Like when you're a kid watching that, you probably think it's like the coolest thing ever. Well, for back, I mean, yes, I, that's what I'm saying. That's Thirty what I'm saying. plus years ago, it was it was a cool, it was a pretty cool movie. But where yeah. everyone's jaded now by, you know, CGI and everything and all that. But I mean, as a story, it's still I don't know. Yeah, no, I guess it wasn't it, bad. You know what it, it reminded me of? If you ever saw the Omega Man. Did you ever see that one? Yeah, I didn't. No, it's just, it's like that time era, like kind of like post apocalyptic movies all kind of have like, they're good, but they have that like kind of like. But, but that's not, that wasn't, that wasn't post apocalyptic. Well, was, I mean, I mean, I know that, that was like the 70s. But whatever. like that type of genre, though, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I don't know. See, that, see they, they were portraying New York at a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a time. I mean, it was an exaggeration, but it wasn't post apocalyptic. It was actually. There were gangs, man. There were a lot of gangs, and and we're talking pre like blood, bloods and crips and all that. We're talking about street gangs in New York City in New York way back when. Uh, but it's still great. It's a timeless movie, and, and and there's probably something to the whole idea that you know when you when you watch you get hooked as a kid, you fall in love with it. So even the, even when you're you know thirty years later, you're still gonna love the movie just as just as you did as you were a kid. So it made being at Coney Island kind of cool. I didn't walk around Coney. I I wish I kind of would have walked around a little more and see if I saw any of the Warriors landmarks. But <laughs> unfortunately, I did not have time for that. Uh, but hopefully, next time I go. I have a grew up on a cul-de-sac. Like, like I know what gangs are. Come on, man. Well, that's the thing. That's why you think it's post-apocalyptic. <laughs> you're like, oh, this. Can't yeah, I watched it. Like I'm like the world's going to hell. <laughs> People don't fight cops. This is this must be another planet. What is this? Yeah, what do you expect, man? Come on. I'm sheltered, Ivis. We, we all know that, though. I don't know, man. You need, you need to get on YouTube and get get a taste of the real world. I do, but then I close my eyes. It's you know, it's too spooky out there. You know what you're like. You're like those people in uh, mm-hmm. Alexandria before uh, <laughs> before uh, the, you know the, the the main crew showed up to show them what the real world is like on The Walking Dead. See, they were they were living in their little you know. Little, fake little bubble, world, their little bubble, and they didn't know what was waiting for them. And now they, and now they know. Spoiler alert! Yeah, don't say anything. I didn't watch it yet. All right. Well, no, hey, look. you spoiled the, you spoiled the, the apologies to our Walking Dead follow listeners to the show and followers of Walking Dead, who we spoiled it for last episode because you you at least, that was I like go, three days after the episode aired. At that point, I, well, I had to go back and listen to what exactly we spoiled, and actually, it, it, the, the, what we spoiled was even older than that. It was almost two weeks old. Okay, then we're fine. See, then you we're mentioned fine. no, but still, we should we should probably yeah. not, no spoilers. 
There's people who just haven't gotten around to it. But, you know, it happens. It happens. All right. I have enough fucking that because I don't want to know what happens this weekend. We have to talk MLS Cup playoff action. We just alluded to it. FC Dallas, Seattle Sounders game was back and forth at the very end. Overtime was absolutely insane. Penalties, I got to say, hats off to Dallas. They were confident in all four penalties that they made. They're on to the next round. And Ivis, man, FC Dallas, what a win for them. No, it was impressive. And, and I mean, you kind of glossed over the fact that they outplayed Seattle much of the day. I mean, this wasn't a case of a, this. There was no fluke here. There was, I mean, you can say, oh, well, Walker Zimmerman, if he doesn't score that goal, Seattle finds a way. But if Seattle had won this game if, or won the series, if Chad Marshall's goal mm. had, had put them through, I think most people would have looked at this series and looked at this match and thought to themselves, you know what? FC Dallas was the better team in this series. And it would have been a little unjust, but mm-hmm. credit to them. You know, they they really came out and took it to them. And, and I can't say I'm surprised. And I said the last episode, unlike last year where I really didn't give them a chance. I mean, this year you, you got a sense in that first leg that there was just a real self-belief in that group and that they weren't intimidated. They, they really believed that they could beat Seattle. And they played like it in the second leg. They played like a team that had no fear, mm-hmm. that truly believed they were better. And, and they showed it, man. They showed it. Seattle... Uh, you know they looked old. <laughs> they looked like an old team that just—I mean—they were holding on. They were like a—they were like a, a, a an aging champion. Try, you know, not that they've won MLS Cup, but aging champion who who kind of you know faces a young and, and and strong opponent and and they can't hang, so they kind of hold on and try to hold on and make something happen. I mean, to be fair to Seattle, they were missing some big players uh, by the end of the end of the whole thing. We know about Roman Torres, but then in the playoffs, when you, when you lose a Brad Evans, you lose an Ozzy Alonso. I mean, that's tough. That's a lot. That's pretty tough to overcome. That, uh, but but still, I mean, credit to FC Dallas. You can't take it away from them. they played out outstanding. That that is tough, and I will agree with you on that. But and, and yes, and Dallas dominated throughout the entire match, and it wasn't until Dallas scored that Seattle was like, oh my gosh, we need to start playing the game, and that's kind of when they got things going. But Look, I, I agree that, you know, having Brad Evans out, having Alonzo out, that hurts them. But, I mean, it's also inexcusable, though, to have Obafemi Martins and Clint Dempsey be so ineffective in this game. Two shots between both of them, only one on goal. I mean, between your two guys, you need to see much better effort from them on that. Well, they just, it wasn't even an effort thing. I think they just looked gassed. I think it was a... They just didn't have it. They didn't have it. They didn't have it in the tank. And I thought it was interesting when Martins, how many times you saw him in positions where in his mind he knew what he wanted to do, but his legs couldn't do it. Like he tried to pull moves off. He tried to dribble through people, around people. And where normally when he's like when he's fresh and when he's uh, energized, like he's so tough to deal with. But against Dallas, I mean, he just didn't have it in the second leg. And Dempsey was quiet. I mean, he really didn't do much. In in this match either, and but credit to FC Dallas. I mean, they their defense mm-hmm. really stepped up. Matt Hedges outstanding, uh, continuing to have a a great year. And and for my money, man, I I, I would put him. I don't think he, look he's not going to win it, but I would I would put him. As, I would say he's defender of the year. I know people look at Kendall Waston and think okay, Kendall Waston should be. Some people probably say Lawrence Simon, but I just think when you think about FC Dallas. Uh, he's had to partner with different people at center back. He's had to play in front of a young goalkeeper. I mean, that's never easy. Not to, not to take anything away from Jesse Gonzalez, who was outstanding in this game in the penalties. Yes, but that there, it's it's there's a big difference between playing in front of David Osted, who's you know a goalkeeper of the year candidate, and playing in front of a 20 year old in his first season as a starter. And 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 Matt Hedges deserves a lot of credit for that. 
And I don't think he's going to win the award just because, you know, FC Dallas people, whether it's players, whether the coaches, it's always tough for them to win these end of the year awards uh, just because it's a small market. There's not a ton of media that follows them closely. So it's it always kind of works against them. And that's why I think they could actually get shut out of all the awards this year, even though they have some really strong candidates. But Matt Hedges, once again, outstanding. So many great performances. I mean, where do you start? Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned Jesse Gonzalez. Two penalties saved in, in the penalty shootout against Seattle. A couple uh, stops in the game. I thought he had a wonderful game for Dallas. Well, I mean, he made the big saves. He didn't have a ton to do during the game, to be fair. Uh, I think during the game, pre-penalty kicks, I think there were there were a lot of other impressive performances. Kellen Acosta w- w- was very good. Uh, Michael Berrios and, and Fabio Castillo obviously was a handful. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they didn't know what to do with it. They, they, Seattle just couldn't handle them. Um, and and, and we, ha- we can't forget about Walker Zimmerman. How about that guy? Comes off the bench, kind of a forgotten man. Comes off the bench, scores the series equalizing goal. And then he scores the series winning penalty kick. And then he finishes the penalty, turns around. And just stone faced staring at his teammates as they come running at him. There was no wild. So he, he wasn't running around crazy. He wasn't crying. He was just. <laughs> he kind of had that face, like, yeah, that's right. I'm the man. We we had no doubt. And uh, the face I was mean, pretty good. <laughs> I give him all the props in the world for 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 just having that reaction. And and need I remind our listeners, Walker? What's the unique distinction Walker Zimmerman has? He was on the first episode of the SBI show. For those who who don't have long memories, or it, it might have forgotten, Walker Zimmerman and Andrew Farrell were the first were, were the two first two guests on the SBI show. So now that he's you know you know hit stardom again, we're gonna have to see if we can get him back on. I'm sure he's gonna be suddenly become Mr. Popular. Everyone's gonna want him on their shows. But I have to remind people he was on our show first. That's what happens, Ivis. No matter how long it takes, if you do come on the show, you will have success. You will score. Eventually. You will score a big goal. If you come on our show at some point, you will score a big goal. Also, coming out of the well, actually, to be fair, Andrew Farrell has not. He's been on our show multiple times. No, so. but, he's, but he's been he's been very so, good professional. He's done pretty well. He's done That's what I'm saying. You know, what's your next goal? You will have good performances. I, yeah, safe bet there. there. <laughs> uh, another guy who came off the bench, I mean, Tesho Akindele. I mean, huge header at the end of the game. He did well. He did well, and that was quick. That was like his first touch. That was pretty crazy. Um, but just overall, I mean, everyone, they played well. They played well as a team. And that, and that's the thing. That's the theme of these playoffs. And that's the theme of this day and this round when you think about it. The crazy part um, with Seattle being eliminated, you have Clint Dempsey, you have Obafemi Martins, two big time stars. Um, and then Montreal, who we're going to get to. I, I mean, I pointed the stat out on Twitter and it blew up on Twitter. I don't even know how many. Like, it, it was just a kind of you know, innocuous tweet, a little stat tweet. But. Top 15, the top 15 highest paid players in MLS are all done for the season. I mean, that's crazy. Think about it. Top 15 highest paid players in the league are done. I mean, that, it's a new it's a new world order, man. You it's know, a new world order. No more DPs leading the way. Now it's about balanced rosters. Mm-hmm. It's about homegrown players. It's about finding bargains on the international market. And FC Dallas, how about FC Dallas? Homegrown players leading the way. You got Gonzalez, you got Acosta, you got Victor Uyoa, uh, and then also you have those international bargains that they that they brought in. You know, Michael Berrios, a, a guy who you know not much fanfare when they brought him along. So it, it kind of just shows you that you know we thought. I, I mean, I'll be the first to say I, I thought when Robbie Keane and Nine and Donovan and David Beckham when they were winning MLS Cups, I thought, okay, this is going to be it from now on. You better have two or three superstars on your team. 
if you want to win an MLS Cup. And now it's like no team of the four teams that are left, no, they're all balanced teams. They're all teams that, that were built uh, to have depth. They're, they're not top-heavy. There's no five, six million dollar contracts. Actually, I think there's only there's only two millionaires in the in left in the playoffs. There's only two mil, well, mil, million dollars. Sasha question. I don't think he's a million dollar salary. I don't think he is. I think he's just under. Just what I looked at. I'm trying, I mean, well, that's what I'm trying. I'm trying to think now. Like you know, who are the biggest names now left? I mean, well, like in terms Maggie, of that's what I'm saying. I dude, I noticed that well, on the commercials. Federico Iguain. Yes. In terms of salary, I mean, I had to I look at it again. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure Sasha question is not a million dollar player, but. Uh, Federico Iguain and I believe Liam Ridgewell, who's on a million exactly. Mm-hmm. He's on. He's exactly on a million from what I saw. So there's only two million million dollar players, and they're both in the one million dollar range. Neither one. There's no multi millionaire salaries left in the playoffs, and I think that's that's pretty impressive. I did. I noticed that with the commercials, the you know the promos that MLS puts together you know, months out in advance. I, I noticed that most of the guys they were showing. I mean, Robbie Keane, Graham Zuzi, Kyle Beckerman, those type players. I, mean, I was thinking none of these guys are in the playoffs anymore. We I mean, had occasional shots of crew players, but I mean, even on the commercials, same thing. All right, well, we'll continue to talk about FC Dallas since doing the playoffs. Their season goes on. Seattle comes to an end. Ivis, we talked about this, but come on, is this reality that Ziggy Schmidt is actually on the hot seat here? Absolutely. I mean, I think he came into the year with a mandate to win the title. Uh, I, I think it's just. I think the pressure's on. You know, you're talking about an organization that, you know, they have the biggest fan base in the league. They have the most uh, largest attendance. They're, they're generating a lot of money. They're signing big-name players, big-money players, Clint Dempsey, Obafemi Martins. Uh, and their expect- expectations. They've won U.S. Open Cup multiple times. They won their supporter shield last year. They had one – you had one job, and that's to win MLS Cup. Fair or not, that by all accounts was the mandate, and that by all accounts was – was the only was the target, and now that he fell short in that, as much as you can say, oh, but he had injuries and this and that. Uh, I don't know if that's going to matter at this point. I think I think if you're Seattle, I think they're looking at this now and they're saying, you know what, we've done this now for how many years? It's time for a change. Uh, we we have to make a change. We have to go in a different direction. I mean, since 2009, we're talking what six seasons now, uh, and. They they're gonna feel like they they need to make a change and like, obviously that's not fair. You you might say oh that's not fair to say Schmidt's one of the best coaches in the league. Uh, you're not gonna do much better than him. But at the same time, some organizations when they, they kind of feel like they they they're in a rut. Uh, and there's also the idea that there is a line of thinking that you know this is an older team now. It might be time to rebuild. It might be time to make some serious changes. Maybe they're going to have to shake things up. Maybe they have to part ways with, a, you know, whether it's an Obafemi Martins or, or one of their big three uh, between Dempsey Martins and, and Ozzy Alonso. Obviously, Alonso's, you know, had a share of injuries this year. If you're ready to kind of take that transition, then maybe it's a, it's a good time to change the coach. Maybe it's time to 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 bring in some new blood at the top. And you know, let I think this is not this the theory is not exactly. Uh, one that isn't known, and that's the theory that Garth Lagerwey is the new GM. He obviously has his relationship with Jason Christ. Jason Christ is available. Bring in Jason Christ to coach Seattle. That that seems. I mean, I think people have uh, been projecting that for a long time, even before uh, Christ got fired. So that being the case, I, I mean, I don't think it's a far fetched scenario to see that play out. To see Seattle say, "Listen, Siggy." You know, we've tried it with you now six years. You've given us some good years, but we want to win a title. 
and we don't feel like you're going to be the guy to take us there. So if that happens, I mean, Jason Christ is a guy who you can look at and say, you know what? He makes sense as a replacement. Neri was thinking that Jason Christ was going to kill it at NYCFC and then become the next U.S. men's national team head coach. Yeah, well, I mean, that's obviously... Was that, that was, I might have been dreaming a little too much. Well, the thing, yeah, I mean, I come on. Let's say, let's say he had done well in New York. I mean, he would have gone on to other things. I mean, I don't think... I don't. I, I think Christ is good. You know, I think cl- the jump from club coach to national team coach, you got to have like a decade more of coaching experience under your belt to, to make that jump, I think. So, and even wanted to want to make that jump. I mean, I feel like national team coach, the national team coaching position is kind of an older man's game. So, I don't know if Jason Christ is ready to do that anyway. Well, Dallas is now in the conference finals. They'll be taking on Portland, who went on the road, defeated Vancouver Whitecaps 2-0. to zero. And for the Whitecaps, things were looking good until Kakuta Mane got hurt, had to come out of the match. And then from there on, I was Portland pretty much dominated the match. Even after they scored the goal, they continued to control the pace and possession. I mean, for Portland, I was, I mean, that was an incredibly dominating performance. Timbers keep on rolling, my man. Tried to tell you. I don't know how I spent all year. Trying to tell you that Portland, don't sleep on Portland. Don't sleep on Portland. They're they good, are. but the, 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 today was like a classic example of them. I mean, they should have had two, three, four goals in this game. Oh, based listen, off, what, based what, on how much how possession they had in the final that now? How are you going to bring that up now? They won. They dominated. They cruised to the victory in the series. You're going to sit here talking about the chances they missed? Come on, man. That's not even, like, come, give me a break. This is, you don't bring that up now. I just wonder Jay- if that's going to prevent them from winning at all. That's all I'm saying. It didn't prevent them. That's what you said going into this round. And did it prevent them? No. I mean, even seeing that. I'm very, changing it to winning at all. Fernando Addy is not a good finisher all the way to him just destroying the past month. So when are you going to let it go? Like, no one is 100. Like, none of these guys. No one in MLS is 100% finisher. No one. Maybe not even Javinko. So, People miss. People miss chances. Fernando Adi's actually been finishing at a much higher rate lately. So let it go already with the not finishing their chances mm-hmm. thing. They do what they have to do. They scored They scored the goal. Fernando Adi had the great finish at the beginning of the game that set the tone for the game. So why are we talking about the finishing? Give me a break, man. They, they just shut Vancouver out for over 180 minutes. You want to talk about the missing of the I'm not making a big deal about it. You took it on a tangent. All, all, no. You said it. You said, oh, like they finished. Then you took it on a tangent. I, dude, that, Don't bring that up. That's I, like I, the, I'm that's sticking to that. That's the thing you talk about in this whole series. Is, and you bring up the all right, well, then, Let's talk about the dominant performance and how they pretty much I – mean, look, Vancouver was – they had no chance in this game. No, they had none. Well, let's talk about the positives of Portland because they won and they dominated. So they deserved to have the positive talked about. When And we're going to have to start with Darlington Agnew. Yes. The guy was, once again, the guy's on fire, outstanding form, playing with confidence. Credit to Caleb Porter. He's put him in position to succeed. He's gotten he's he's helped him recapture that joy that when he plays with when he plays with that joy, man, he is so tough to stop. Uh, and now he's taking that confidence into the national team, which we'll talk about later. But we he was excellent. Uh, I thought the defense was excellent. Obviously, another shutout, 180 finish shutout. And poor Jorge Villafania. I mean, this guy. Uh, every it was it was, yeah. like, it was unbelievable. Every two it was he he was like he was like Johnny Knoxville in an episode of Jackass, uh, just getting pummeled left and right, like just out of the blue for no reason. He had to come out of the match, and, and hopefully he's okay and he'll be ready for the conference finals. But I thought he was doing well before mm-hmm. he got hurt. Uh, Ronnie Wallace was yeah, active. Ronnie Valeri. Wallace was everywhere. He was everywhere. Valeri was everywhere. 
Adi with the big finish, having Diego Chiro back was big. Mm-hmm. Uh, excellent, excellent performance. And, and by the way, I said it last show, Dairon Espria, and I think, I'm going to say it right now, I think Caleb Porter listens to the show, as I said last show, Dairon Espria, he should start over Lucas Milano. And what happened? Dairon Espria started over Lucas Milano. <laughs> uh, uh, actually, I, I told, actually, I told Caleb Porter that, that he should do that move, and then he did it. And I'm totally <laughs> What totally was kidding. that? Was that a recall, a text? I, I might have texted him. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally <laughs> kidding. Totally kidding. Um, no, but they, you know what? Credit to Porter because, I mean, he was under scrutiny, man. He was under – He there, there he were people – nervous on the sideline at times. Oh, today? Yeah. He, I, he just sensed in the face a little bit. No. He looked a little nervous. I don't know what – were you drinking today? No, what I swear. I was watching the game. What are you talking – how is he nervous? I, just, I like, could just sense it in his face. I could just read his body language really well. Now, I, I think I know him a little better than you do. He was not. He did not look nervous any more nervous than he ever does. He was fine. He was chilling. He they, they were in control from minute one. What was there to worry about? But anyway, well, nothing, credit, but I'm just saying. Credit, credit to Caleb Porter because he. I mean, was it before they went to Real Salt Lake and won that game and went on this run? Uh, I mean, he they were, he was in a hot seat. They, I think they were they weren't even in the playoff position. Uh, with like a, a three week, three weeks to go, or a month to go in the season, and there was a lot of talk. Oh, you know, is he going to be? Is he going to get fired? Blah, blah blah. And it was, it all seemed a little kind of like really like it, he's not getting fired. He's not getting fired. Uh, but you know what? Credit to him. His team. It's clear his team believes in him, right? And all year, and that's the thing what people kind of ignored is the fact that you know, is even when they weren't putting up the results, they were they they were putting up, they were playing well. But the like you know the final product, the final touch wasn't there. The final product wasn't there. They were not finishing, like you know. I'll agree with you there. They they were not finishing. It wasn't just the forwards though; it was across the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final play wasn't there. But once they finally started to click and started to finish their chances and started to play as a team, and their defense kind of settled down, then we saw. Now we're seeing this Portland team. Like, look, I mean, they they look good, man. They they have as good a shot as any of these four teams left to win the whole thing. And who would have thought? Who would have thought that? No, you're right with that Real Salt Lake game. Also, throw the Alley Galaxy game in where Portland scored five Whoa. goals in that one. Come on, that's the easy one. Actually, I, know, I, I know. Go, I'm just saying though, those two yeah, games. You're right. I mean, that's no, kind of what actually, got things no, going. No, 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 no. You got to go before that because two weeks before the RSL game, they went to Columbus, and that's a yes. game I did not see them winning. Um, just because the way that things were going at the time, they're playing Columbus, who was playing well at the time in Columbus. You you, you thought okay, at that point in the year. They hadn't become road warriors just yet. At that point in the year, uh, you know, you think, all right, if they lose that game, they're in trouble. Uh, You're thinking, okay, maybe they'll get a point. So not only do they get a point, they get a win. So one, that's one road win. Then they lose. They they lost at home to KC. That the 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 loss at home to KC when KC had just won the Open Cup, and you figure KC's hungover, they're going to play backups. Three points for the Timbers, guaranteed. They don't win that game, and you're thinking, "Uh oh, what if they don't like? How do they not get those three points?" That that was kind of the turning point, and that's only a month ago, October third. They lose to KC, but guess what? They they have the international break. They come back from the international break, and RSL that big win, and then the LA Galaxy destroy LA Galaxy, and all of a sudden they're road warriors. They won three out of four on road. Uh, and they and they showed it in the playoffs, man. They showed it now in Vancouver once again. They are road warriors. They they are starting to believe, or they should believe by now, they can get on a plane and go on the road 
and and win anywhere. And and uh, you know, FC Dallas is a little bit different now because Dallas is extremely tough at home. Uh, one of the best home records in the league this year. Uh, so that that's going to be a little bit of a different test. But you know what? Portland's got to like the chance. Well, for Vancouver, they came into the playoffs limping, a horrible run of form at the end of the season. I know they defeated Houston, but come on, Houston at that point had nothing to play for. Carl Robinson, Ivis, is going to have to do a lot this offseason for Vancouver to get this team to that next level. I don't know about a lot. I don't know if I'd say a lot. That's a little. That seems like it's a little bit, a little extreme. Uh, I think. I think they have a nice foundation when you think about it. I mean, they have they have a stud goalkeeper. Usted's one of the best in the league, no question. They have a stud center back, Kendall Watson, one of the best in the league, no question. They have Matias Laba, one of the best defensive midfielders in the league. Bang, right up the spine. Pedro Morales, one of the best playmakers. He couldn't stay healthy this year. That was a big issue for them, and that really hurt them. I think down the stretch. Um, they have Kakuta Mane. They they have a nice foundation there. They just they, they could couldn't they use a forward uh, a more reliable forward than Octavio Rero? You could say that. You could argue. Yes, that. I think um, that's what I mean. Maybe not a lot, but they need someone up they top need a that can put the pieces. team on the back. Yeah, they're yeah. not that far away. I mean, look, Darren Maddox has not panned out as the you know the stud people thought he would be when he came out of Akron. No, uh, with that speed, you know, he's going to just destroy defenses. Even coming off the bench in the game, you're just like. Ugh. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't do it for you no. anymore. Now it's like he he doesn't strike fear in you, like he did when he first came into the league. Not, it's not he's not that guy anymore. Um, but yeah, I think they need they need a, they need you know maybe one more midfielder because look, Mar- nothing against Mar Rosales, but you know when Mane when Kakuta Mane got hurt, it was kind of like they're done. Like no one like what Mar 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 no one thought Mar Rosales was going to be the answer, and he wasn't. Um, Kakuta Mane's nice player, great future. Uh, I think he really made some big strides this year. So, no, I don't think they're far away. I think they're one or two players. If they can go get a, a, a big-time forward, and uh, we don't know what they're dealing We don't know what they're working with budget-wise, but if they can get themselves a forward, I'm sure they thought Rivera would be that guy. Rivera was okay. He wasn't terrible. He was he, obviously beginning of the year. He was outstanding. So maybe, maybe he's a guy maybe in, once he, ha- he gets another year under his belt, maybe he does even better. I mean – you know what? So I, I don't know. I don't know if they're that far away. I think they're a pretty damn good team. Three, two, one. Well, now we know that the conference final will be FC Dallas and the Portland Timbers. It won't be until November 22nd. I, was, I can't believe we got to wait two weeks for this. I mean, as much as I love international games, uh, it sucks we got to wait two weeks. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's going to be some soccer between then. Let's not forget. There's a little thing called World Cup qualifiers. So it's not like we're going to be sitting around doing nothing for next week's, but... Uh, it's good, man. It's good to have a little time. These teams get rested up. You want these teams to be as healthy as possible uh, going into those first legs. And, and, I, and some of these games were pretty rough. I mean, for Portland especially, I mean, it, <laughs> I, I'm picturing Jorge, Jorge Villafania, uh in a in a in a, like a, in an ice bath for like a week because he's. I think I tweeted uh, he probably set an MLS record for most bruises received in one game because it was unbelievable. If someone actually cut cut up a, like a video montage of all the hits that he took, I mean it'd be up there with any NFL player this year. This this weekend it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. He had a good game though. He had a very good game. That he did. Well, he and everyone else will now have two weeks to rest up for this game. And going into this game, I mean, this is the first time that you know Oscar Pereira has taken FC Dallas to the conference finals. Portland was there two years ago. I mean, you wonder, Ivis, how much experience and if that is going to give Portland and Caleb Porter a benefit going into the series. I don't know. Honestly, look, I think the, the I think these teams come in pretty even. 
I know Portland will have those memories of that that Western Conference final loss to RSL uh, somewhere in the back of their mind. But I, I don't know if that necessarily helps them. I mean, I think just going through the experience, I mean, it, it gives them somewhat of an advantage. But think about think about FC Dallas, right? Last year, they they pushed Seattle to the brink, and Seattle, you know, edged them out, edged them out last year. Looking at the way things have gone now and the way this year went for FC Dallas and is going, you kind of look back now on that series and realize that that was probably the moment for them. That was probably the the kind of growing pains experience for them that they had to kind of go through. So even though they haven't been to a, a conference final per se, they've been to a playoff series before as an underdog and and fallen just short. Now they've come back and and – even though they're the number one seed, they were the underdog. I think most people had Seattle winning this series. Uh, most people outside of Texas had, had uh, Seattle winning this series, and and they they stood up to that. So I, I don't think there's going to be any. I, I think I think if anything, if this series does anything, this win against Seattle does anything, I think it's time to drop. It's time to drop the young team label on FC Dallas and 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 writing them off as oh they're just a young team. They're just a young team. Uh, it's not their time yet. It could totally be their time. I think. I think they're playing with enough confidence now. I think they've got, they've gathered enough experiences now, where they could they could make they could finish this whole thing off. Um, now that being said, Portland, yeah, I, I like what I'm seeing out of Portland. Uh, I just I just think the balance between uh, their, their their defense and their attack and the way their midfield is playing, I really like what I see from them. So. Uh, I, we don't need to make our predictions yet, especially because look, it's two weeks and anything can happen now. You have guys going away in international duty who could get injured. Um, I think my early thought is I'm going to probably pick Portland, but I think it's a toss up. I don't want, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it for FC Dallas by picking them and then having them lose because you know, I'll jinx them like that. Uh, but I, I for now I'll pick, I'll, I'm picking the Timbers, but that's not my final pick. I'll make my final pick when we do our last show before the final start. How about you? Who do you like? Who do you like? I don't know. I'm going back and forth, man. I'm going to it say really, it, it's, I, it's, yeah, you know, it's I, you know what? FC Dallas. I'll go with FC Dallas. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad pick. It's not a bad pick. I mean, I, the reason I like Portland is because, I mean, I think, I just think they're, they're playing with some real energy and, and some real dynamism uh, across the 11. I mean, when, when you look at their fullbacks between Villafania and Powell and how they get up and down, and Nagby being that wild card that that that's not that's what Seattle did not have. Seattle did not have that kind of wild card in the middle who could just make things happen. And Nagby is so dynamic and, and he's playing with such confidence right now. He really is making his teammates better because he is he is so tough to track and pin down uh, that he creates space for for Valeri. He creates space, space for Ronnie Wallace. He's obviously helping create chances for Fernando Adi. So, so all those guys, all those guys are benefiting from from what Nagby is doing. Um, so that's why I just think they're really tough to deal with right now. And Seattle, as much as they they, they kind of put a, put together this unbeaten streak late in the year, uh, I don't know. I just I don't know if they were as dynamic as as Portland is right now. All right, now it's time to talk Eastern Conference early game on Sunday. New York Red Bulls defeated D.C. United 1-0. to I was D.C. had their chances. They just couldn't convert. New York scored very late. Bradley Wright Phillips. Um, Dax McCarty, another monster game for the New York Red Bulls. I mean, I was, uh, dude, they're just solid from, from top to bottom right now. 
It was. Uh, let's face it. It wasn't a fair matchup. It never was. The Red Bulls were always going to win the series. They credit to. I, I'm not going to just completely crap on this United because credit to them, they made it tough. They made it t- as tough as they could make it given the mismatch, and that's what it was. It was a mismatch. DC United, it, 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 they they brought a knife to a gunfight, and that's what it came down to. Uh, they just didn't have the attacking weapons, and not to say the Red Bulls poured on the goals, but they were always the more dangerous team. They were always the more effective team. Um, DC United just looked like a team that just didn't have the wep- the firepower that it needed. They, they were clearly missing a couple of pieces, and they still are. And they have to go into this offseason with a pretty pretty extensive shopping list that they need, they need to fill out. And um, credit to the Red Bulls. They did what they had to do. It wasn't a, it wasn't a great performance from them uh, top to bottom. It, was, it wasn't a uh, you know, it wasn't their best, but it was enough. It was enough, and and credit to some of the top guys for them that stepped up. Their midfield was was outstanding again, and uh, I did find it interesting that, you know, we talked about it going in. Would uh, Ben Olsen go with a four man midfield again, or would he shake some things up? And then the problem is Chris Pontius is hurt, right? So without Chris Pontius as that option to to kind of build a five man midfield with, you're kind of stuck having to play. Is Spindola and Saborio, and, and it, it just wasn't enough because their midfield was no match, no match for the Red Bulls midfield. And Dax McCarty, uh, I agree with you, you mentioning him as a standout because, I mean, he was my man in the match. I mean, yeah. I know Brad, Brad look, Brad Ray Phillips, Phillips scores that goal late, but it didn't matter. That series, the series was already over. I, I, for me, Dax McCarty, he was everywhere, and, and he really. Uh, he, they had nowhere to go. They hadn't. They couldn't go through the Red Bulls midfield. They had to play long ball. Uh, they had some looks in the first half with some counters. Uh, the Red Bulls were a little sloppy on some some in some moments that that gave DC some some light, but DC couldn't capitalize capitalize on the, on those opportunities. And the Red Bulls are on to the Eastern Conference Final. And and we had I don't I really don't think we've seen. Actually, I know we haven't. We haven't seen their best. And. Part of that goes down to DC making making things ugly, and and that was all, the only way they were ever going to win. Um, but I think now in this next round, going up against the Columbus Crew, I think we're we're going to be able to see them at their best, just because the way the Crew plays, I think it, it's going to help bring the best out of the Red Bulls, and I think we're in for one hell of a series. Well, I mean, you just look at the stats in this game. I mean, New York had sixty two percent of the possession. I mean, you look you look at the duels won. 72 to 39. I mean, just New York. Anytime DC had the ball, I, was, I, I know they did have their chance. He had the one that Bill Hamid kicked up, but I mean, just DC just had nothing in this match. And you're right. I mean, look, New York wasn't pretty, but it doesn't matter. They advanced. That's all that matters is advancing to the next round. Figure out the next round. They got two weeks to rest up. They got two weeks to work some things out. You're on to the next round. That's all that matters. Right. And, and you know, what I do find interesting, just a little side note. Uh, so, two. <laughs> Two of the Red Bulls uh, players actually could have very easily have been DC United players. One, Dax McCarty, who was a, a DC United player, traded away. Another, Kamar Lawrence, Jamaican left back, who's been outstanding for them. Great find by Ali Curtis. Uh, he was on trial with DC United a year ago. Couldn't get a contract. And he's been outstanding for, for the Red Bulls this year. So if you're those guys, you're kind of like, how you like me now, right? Because, I mean... I, I, I'm pretty sure both the DC could use either one of those guys, and 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 it's just kind of an interesting side note. It's funny how how those things go, and uh, I think there was a, there was a lot of that going around. Uh, it, it, you looked at, I mean, not to change series too often, but yet Dilly Duca uh, scoring against the Columbus Crew, even mm-hmm. though they lost, but still it, it was interesting. Um, 
but yeah, no, the Red Bulls are on, and and the Red Bulls crew. I'm looking forward to this, and 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 it was the matchup I expected to see, and now I tell you what, man, this is this for me. Looking at the two series that we have, the two conference finals, uh, this is the one that for me is gonna. It, I mean, they're both gonna be great, but this one is gonna be some. This is gonna be a real chess match. Well, before we talk at all about all of that, um, DC United, I have it says they head into the off season. They do have some pieces, however. Um, we've talked about this. I mean, do they need someone that, that, that you know that, that can put the team on their back? Score they the need goal. everything. They thought what Eddie Johnson could do that, but they need everything but a goalkeeper. You name it, they need it. You name it, they can use a better one. Like they, they. I don't know, man. It, it's 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 tough because they have okay pieces. Yes. They, at their best, okay pieces. So in theory, you can upgrade any number of positions. Obviously, you can, you have to pick your spots. Um, I don't know where they, they need go. help up top. That is that is number one priority. Yeah, but they they need help in the midfield too. They don't have a playmaker. They need a they need a lead striker. They need a playmaker. They need a what else? They need a center back. I mean, I, I, I know they re-signed Bobby Boswell, but man, he's looking slower and slower by the day. Yeah. Um, their midfield, they have Perry Kitchen, who I, I don't know what his contract situation is because, I, I mean, as far as I understand it, I mean, he could be out of contract at the end of this year. And if he is, I mean, they might be losing Perry Kitchen. So, I mean, that, that'd, be, that'd be a huge loss if, if that's the case. Um, they, need, they need some help on the wing. I mean, Nick DeLeon, for, uh, a guy, talking about a guy who, when he came into the league, looked very promising. Oh, his rookie year was great. He was very good his rookie year, but just, he doesn't, it's not there. I don't know what, it's just, it's, he doesn't have that explosiveness. Well, he just he hasn't taken that next step. Yeah, he's taken a step back. If anything, I mean, I remember. Listen, I mean, we all remember the playoff series when DC beat the Red Bulls and and he scored the goal and it was huge. Um, but I don't know, man. And Chris Rolfe, how much? I mean, he 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 was he's been a, a revelation for them. He's been he was a great uh, pickup for them a couple of years ago. But how much does he have left in the tank? I mean, I don't know, man. It's a there's a laundry list. The only thing, the only thing certain for them is Bill Hamid. Bill Hamid is outstanding. Bill Hamid is one of the best goalkeepers in the league, if not the best goalkeeper in the league. Um, but he can't do it alone. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, I wonder about DC United just because they haven't been able to hit the international market and have success in so long. That I can't sit here and say, oh, I see them going and getting a forward, a winger, a center back, uh, a right back. I mean, Sean Franklin's good, but he's, he's picking up a lot of knocks. He's he's, he's really struggled to stay healthy. Uh, they, the Mark, the Halsty was, I mean, what's, I don't know. I'm not impressed by him either. I, I don't know, man. I, 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 I don't envy the job of, of, Dave, of their GM, Dave Casper, at all because – he has so much work to do, and I mean, let's face it, he dug his own hole. This is a team that he's built, and it's his fault that it has the holes that it has. Now we'll see what he does this offseason. They'll just do what they did again. I was, they'll get a bunch of guys, and it'll work out for them. Come on. You know what? The, that's it, that's it, the that, blueprint. You, you know, know when that, that works? On. That works when you're absolutely – when you're so bad that you get the top pick in the draft, that you get all the allocation money that comes with not making the playoffs uh, and all that stuff. Uh, you know, and there happens to be uh, you know uh, a talent coming through a reentry draft, which is what happened the year when they were able to get Franklin and Boswell. Uh, and a lot was, of things it, worked it, out for them. It was a perfect storm. It was a perfect storm for them, and that's not happening. Nope. They made the playoffs this year. They're not getting the allocation money that goes to teams that don't make the playoffs. They don't have a high draft pick this year. 
Um, so I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know. Because it, it doesn't seem like anyone's slapping down millions for a DP. I don't see that happening. That's what they need. They need a couple. You know what? If they want to get serious, and I know the stadium is still kind of years away, and maybe that's part of the deal. They, they need to limit their spending until the stadium is closer and and, and they, they can build up to the opening of a stadium. But if their owner wants to be serious about them being a contender for anything, he needs to put down money right now for two designated players for next year. And I know some people say, oh, wait a minute. There's none, none of the teams left have designated players. That's true. But the teams that are left did really good jobs of building their rosters over the course of, of uh, a you know, handful of years. Uh, and D.C. is – they have so much work to do, so much. Um, unless they just decide, you know what, we are fully accepting we're going to be rebuilding for the next year or two. We're going to start going – we're going to start bringing up academy players, uh, going and getting Keegan Rosenberry from Georgetown – who's a homegrown player uh, and starting to give some of these guys playing time, some of these younger guys playing time and just rebuild that. that but are they, are they willing to do that? That's, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, it's a mess. It's Maybe a mess. They will do. They're going to have a new logo here in a few months. Maybe it's time. Iris. <laughs> a new, new DC United. Fresh start. Fresh start. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know how they're going to do it. I really don't because I don't know, man. They, they, they need a lot. They need a lot. That size sounds pretty deep, man. Who? That's Sai. You're Sai. You know the. Oh, I don't know. No, just because I'm like, I, you know what it is. Like, you sound, I, you I, sound exhausted trying to think about it. I, I just, I'm at a loss for for because it, it's not. There's no silver bullet. There's no one thing. I mean, they could go. I mean, you could you could, you could bring Zlatan Ibrahimovic to DC United. They're not winning an MLS Cup because it's you can't just because he can't do it alone. I mean, you just can't. I yes, mean, he would. They'd be in his contract that he has to win the cup. They would just give it to him. <laughs> yeah. Could they, uh, yeah. then he'd rage yeah, or something it, like that. Yeah, if it wasn't in Drogba's contract, you know, it's kind of, um, <laughs> but I don't know, man. I don't know. It's you know what? This is make or break, man. This is this is make or break for Dave Casper. I don't want to say it's make or break for Ben Olsen, but someone so, look if they don't. I don't know. I don't know, man. I think this I, 2016, unless they have one hell of an off season, 2016 is gonna be a rough year, man. Because other teams are gonna get better. I mean, Orlando. I, I think Orlando City is gonna be better next year. I think NYCFC, you know, they can't get, they can't be worse than they were this year. I think they're going to be better next year. I think Philly will be, I think Philly will be better next year. So DC, man, they they could be sitting down there at the bottom with Chicago, because I mean, not, look, we don't even know what Chicago's going to have as a coach, but whoever Chicago has at a, as a coach has a serious mess to clean up, right? A serious mess yeah. to clean up. It's going to take more than a year. I think DC could end up being right down there with Chicago next year. That's how bad things can get. And for anyone who says, no, it's not going to get that bad that fast. Hello. <laughs> then I remind you just two years ago where everything, where they went from what third, be- third best record in the league regular season to the worst record in the league. Regular season. It can turn real bad, real fast. And I think DC, if anybody should know that DC, United fans should know that. In the other Eastern Conference matchup, Columbus Crew defeated Montreal Impact 3-1 to on a late goal from Kai Kamara in extra time. Uh, for Columbus, Ivis, it was a great turnaround for them, especially after Montreal scored a goal, but even more pressure on Columbus. But, I mean, definitely woke them up, scored two goals after that, and Columbus is on to the next round. Big time, big time comeback for them. Big time rally. I thought they were dead in the water, man, when Kai Kamara decided to take the penalty. And I and I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know why he what got into his head. 
when he hadn't taken a penalty in two and a half years, and he decides, you know what, I'm going to take it now. And I, you know what, you know, he got a little happy. He got a little, uh, little full of himself there. Like, like crazy, crazy decision by him. And the funny thing is, I was actually driving back from the Red Bulls game. And I had the game on in the car. And I'm listening to the game. And I hear and I hear what happens, you know. I hear, oh, you know, penalty, blah, blah. And uh, when they say that Kamara's going to call uh, – Kamara calls off Iguain, I was like, oh, he's he's going to miss this. He's absolutely, absolutely going to miss this. And he, and he missed it. It was like – and at that point, it's like, oh, they're done. They're toast. But credit to Greg Berhalter, man. He made some good substitutions. He brought in Jack McInerney. And Cedric Mabwati, and and those guys were big for them. They really gave them a spark. And credit the credit to Ethan Finley. I said it coming into this game. He, I thought him and Kamara would rebound. I thought they would both have big games. I did. I did not see. I couldn't. I said it then. I said I couldn't see Montreal shutting them down again. And both those guys stepped up. Credit to Finley and credit to Kamara, man. Kamara, think about Kamara, man. If you're Kamara, you know. You know you you know you screwed up by, by by taking that penalty. You know you did. And then Finley bails you out, ties things up, mm-hmm. pushes things extra time, uh, and then he find and then he scores that winner, man. And 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 Kamara credit to him to to step up the way he did. And let's not forget Columbus crew defense shutting down uh, Didier Drogba, the seemingly unstoppable force. He was stopped. And uh, credit to Saro, uh, Gaston Saro. Credit to Michael Parker. How about Parker's the guy? You know he's wearing the cool goat horns. He he turns the ball over late in the game. He he shakes that off, and he was outstanding. He was outstanding for them today, uh, and he played the game he had to play. And and that's that's a professional for you because you know what you can you can you can uh, crap all over people when they make mistakes, but it's not people. It's not about people not ever making mistakes. It's about how you respond when you make a mistake. And and he responded, man. Michael Parkhurst was excellent, uh, and it was great to see. And and now Columbus Crew, New York Red Bulls. Uh, for me, that's going to be a hell of a series. And Ivis, Montreal, I know you're not going to be happy that you did not advance to the next round, but for the most part, you have to be happy with the season that you had. Yes, Drogba came over, but that was the point. You brought in Drogba to make that impact, and and got it right for the impact. But for them, you know, where they were to get into the playoffs, I mean, great run of form the last two months. I mean, overall, it was a very good season for Montreal. Yes, I know impact fans are going to be uh, disappointed the way the year ended, but overall, when you take the year as a whole, it's a great year for them. Uh, they get to the Champions, Concacaf Champions League final. Uh, they capture the interest of the city. They sell out uh, Olympic Stadium for the final. I know they lost to Club America. They got beat up pretty bad in that second leg, but still, you know, to make it to that final uh, was a big step for them. And for for them to take that other step of of going and getting a Didier Drogba credit, Joyce Saputo to to make that investment. And then to have this run now to get into the playoffs to beat Toronto FC along the way, I mean that's a huge you know check mark check that off the list. Beating your rival in the playoffs, I mean it doesn't get much better than that. So I know that, and I know they fell short here at the end when when just when you know their fans started to believe that maybe they could make this run. But one thing I will say is I, I always thought it was a little presumptuous for anybody to to want to wanna put them into the final because it's tougher than. Then people realize, I think, to to take a team kind of almost from scratch and get it into a get it into MLS Cup into the final. It's it's just not that easy to do. 
you kind of need that foundation, and they have so many new players, so many new faces that came together in year in came together this year. Um, it was just a lot to ask, I think, to 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 get all that to work um, all the way to the end. Now, look, they got it to work to be one of the better teams in the league. Give them the credit, especially late in the year, they were outstanding. But I think it was a little. I think people who were. I, I know there were a couple of people who tried to pick them to win to get to the MLS Cup to win it or even get to it. But you have to take your steps. I think you have to take your steps, and 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 I think this is a step for them. And now we see what they do this offseason with this roster, what Joey Saputo does, and and we've seen anything. It's that if we learned anything about Saputo, is that he is he is not afraid to invest, and he is willing to invest in his team, and he's willing to give his his team what it needs. And you know now. If they can keep this nucleus together, the, 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 their core stars, if they can keep Drogba, Piatti, Lawrence Simon, uh, if they can keep all these guys together, Cabrera, Romero, uh, if they can keep them together and then add one or two pieces, I mean, I think they're going to be right there. They're going to be absolutely a title contender. I know Drogba's not getting any younger, but I mean, he showed this year what he could do. Now you give him a training camp. You get him, you, you let him have some more time with, with his teammates. Uh I mean, there's no, I tell you what, man, they could definitely be in the hunt next year to win it, especially with, you know, if Joey Saputo, if he reinvests. And for me, first step, you got to make Morbiello the coach, right? I think he has to keep the job. I think he showed enough in these months uh, to show that he's a competent coach, that he can coach this team, he can lead this team. Uh, so I think, I think that's going to be the first step. If they can keep him, make him the head coach, Add one or two pieces, they'll be right there in the end next year. Well, the conference final matchup is now set between the New York Red Bulls and the Columbus Crew. And if someone said that to you, obviously, at the early part of the season, you would have been like, well, even before the season, you would have said, New York and the conference finals? Are you crazy? Columbus? You could definitely see that. For New York, man, no way you're projecting them here. I mean, that's what's going to make this conference final even so much sweeter that you're going to have New York in it taking on the Columbus Crew. Well, okay, first of all, if I recall correctly, only one of us, had them as a playoff team. And that wasn't you. That was me. So I wouldn't say completely shocked that they made it to the conference final. Uh, I'm a little surprised. I, I'd say that. Um, but, you know, credit to Jesse Marsh, man. He put it together, put the pieces together. And, uh, you know, he's a good coach. And I think he's shown that. Um, the Columbus crew, I mean, I totally had them in there. I totally had them getting to getting to this point. I thought they would take the next step. Last year, obviously, you know, they had their growing pains in the playoffs. Uh, they got smoked by New England last year, and I think they needed to go through that experience. And now we saw in this series against Montreal that they had that uh, – they showed that toughness when things got things weren't going their way. They were able to overcome that, and, and this, is a, this is a tougher team now. This is a team that has that experience. They have quality, obviously, but they also have that experience. Um, so now you have two teams who have some – who have this – who have experience. I mean, obviously, the Red Bulls got to the conference final last year. Um, and uh, Columbus had that experience losing to New England, so the the whole experience thing is not going to be an issue. It's just going to come down to quality and who can impose themselves in this series. You have, and it's a great contrast in styles. Um, on one side, you have Columbus, who's definitely about keeping the ball and possession, knocking it around, uh, and and the Red Bulls are more of a counterattacking, pressing team. They want to pressure you. They don't need to have the ball, they, but they want to force mistakes and hit you quickly on the counter. Um, and, you know, for them, this could actually be a good matchup for the Red Bulls because they they can take the crew out of their comfort zone. Um, but it, this is a tough series to call. It really is. Um, I, 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 I try to think. I think I 
it's tough. I don't have it in front of me, but I think I picked the crew to, to, to get to the final. Um, and I guess I kind of have to stick to that. We're, we'll, we'll make our, like I said, we'll make our picks. We got two uh, weeks. We got two weeks. To think we got two it. weeks to make the picks, but early, early thoughts on it. Um, I'm going to, I can't, I'm going to go to New York. Are you New York FC Dallas MLS cup? Oh, mm, interesting. Uh, well, our official picks are coming. But I'll, I'll, I'll just to be the opposite of you. I'll go with the crew for now. I'll go with the crew for now. And, and uh, I guess, yeah, Crew Timbers, not exactly a sexy uh, MLS Cup uh, in terms of, <laughs> you know, in terms of like the from the, the casual observer. But, um, yeah, you know, it, it's tough to pick against the Red Bulls because they're going to, you know, they're going to be at home. I don't even want to make a pick yet. I don't even want to make a pick yet. What I, I'll say this. I don't, I, I don't have my picks in front of me from the beginning of, before the playoffs. But whoever I picked to get to the final, I think it, I, you know what I think it did pick the crew to get to the final. So I'll stand by that for now. For now, could change in two weeks. Here's the thing: there's no warm weather cities left, so we can't really root for anyone to have a nice warm MLS Cup. That's uh, the most disappointing thing here. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, does does Portland get super cold? I mean, I don't, I've never been to Portland. Actually, no, they can't host. So now it's down to it's either gonna it's it's either gonna be what it's either gonna be New York, Columbus, or uh, or Dallas. New York, Dallas, or Columbus in that order. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna Dallas. The average high in December is 50, 57. Oof. That's not that bad. That's not that bad. That's, uh, pff, that is. Are you kidding me? That could that could kill you. I barely cold. wear a jacket. It was like six. It was sixty today. I, like I had a jacket and I didn't even have it zipped up. I could wear a pea coat at that weather. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll, one of the positives I would say, for, I don't know if anyone's even realized, uh, as it stands now, there will only be one more game on turf the rest of the way. We have five more games to be played. Right. Five, five more playoff games to be played, and only and, and all of them, including MLS Cup, will be on ground. I mean, all but one, and the only one that won't be is the Portland home game. At Providence Park, and as we all know, as Merritt Paulson likes to tell everybody, Providence Park's turf is like the best possible turf in the <laughs> galaxy. So, in the entire you know Milky Way. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, it should be, it should make for some. Hopefully, it should make for some good soccer. Well, I guess we'll have two weeks to talk about these matchups, which is going to be great. Filling that void, as we talked about earlier, is the international break. U.S. men's national team is back in action. And oh boy, do they need things to go well for them as this is World Cup qualifying, these two games. Important for World Cup qualifying. Jurgen Klinsmann has announced his roster drivers. It's all over the board. I'm assuming he's just throwing darts at a, at a wall at this point. I kid. But when you look at this roster drivers, I mean, you got a mixture of young players, you got a mixture of older players, you got a mixture of guys who need to be cap tied. I mean, there's a lot going on with this roster right now. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I wouldn't say it's too crazy a roster. I mean, I, it's kind of what I what I expected. I mean, I think the only real, sh- not you know, you could say shock, or surprise is uh, Clint Dempsey left left off the roster and uh, Alan Gordon yeah, Alan put on Gordon. the roster. <laughs> I think that's the for me. The rest is because I mean, I, you know, it, he, they named the twenty three man roster. I think I had nineteen of the twenty three uh, in my projection. Uh, I don't know anyone that would have had Alan Gordon on their projection. Uh, but I, I think just, for, I think that was the one that kind of was a bit of a head turner that people were kind of like, what in the world is he thinking? Why is he <laughs> doing that? And I mean, it, 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 this way it boils down to, right? Clint Dempsey, uh, he's an, he's older now, you know, you don't, 
you want to get a look at some other forwards, some of the, some younger guys. You want to get a look at Jordan Morris, Bobby Wood, Jossie's artist. And I know people will say, well, then why the hell is Alan Gordon there? It's very simple. You don't really have target forwards in the pool. And Josie Altidore is your guy. He is it. He is the only one. If he gets hurt, then there is no one else other than Alan Gordon. So it's pretty much he is like the contingency plan for Josie Altidore. If anything happens to Josie Altidore, you need a big guy up top. He can be your guy. Or even off the bench, if you if you need a big guy off the bench, he could be your guy. We all know Josie Altidore is not a guy who can necessarily go 90 minutes all the time. So that's kind of the logic behind it because the pool just doesn't have big forwards. And, and it's crazy when you think about, oh, where have you gone, Brian McBride? I mean, they could use him right now. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's get a laser printer and, and, and make a copy of, uh, you know, 23-year-old Brian McBride. Klinsman could use that right now. <laughs> um, but that's the one that I think stood out. And, and obviously of the new guys, the new faces, Donington Nagby, you know, as, as I, I said uh, last week, you know, we, we kind of knew this was going to happen. Uh, a lot of people excited about that, as they should be. The guy is on fire. He's on a roll. And um, I, I, f- I find it interesting how quiet it is right now uh, from all those people who, who didn't think Nagby would make a difference on the national team. All of a sudden, they're kind of biting their tongues now as, as Nagby rolls into his first national team call-up. I'm excited to see him play. I think he's going to get a chance. I think he's going to start, if, if you're asking me, because he's such a unique player. I think you got to plug him right in the lineup. I think he – I know that you could call it hyperbole if you want, but I just think with his speed and his – the combination of technical technical quality and speed and the confidence he's playing, playing with right now, you got to put him on the field. you got to put him in the lineup. I think he's going to be in the lineup. The other young guy – Okay, well, okay, sorry. Go ahead and talk about the young guy. I'll come back. Go ahead. Continue. Matt, we got to talk about the two young guys. Well, not Nagby's not young. No. The two new guys. Matt Miazga, uh, he, he was a little bit of a surprise to me, and I'd say because for me, Matt Hedges is better right now. Uh, having said that, Matt Miazga is the future of the position. He's the new future of the position. It seems like every few months there's a new center back of the future, but Matt Miazga has had an outstanding year. He's really his 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 stock is just catapulted between after the U twenty World Cup, after Olympic qualifying. Mm-hmm. Um is he ready now to 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 go up against international competition? Uh against this level in CONCACAF? Possibly if you needed him to. Um I still think he needs some seasoning. I think he needs he's for me, I'd say he's still at least a year away. Like I you know, and and hey, I could be wrong again because at the beginning of the year, I wouldn't have projected him even to start for the Red Bulls, let alone have the year that he had. I don't think most people would have projected him to have the year that he had. Um, do I see him being ready come Copa America next summer? That seems a little early for me. But who knows? You know, he is on such an upward arc, uh, and he's improving, man. He is improving day by day, month by month. I mean, he is just he's just skyrocketing. Um but the point of this camp is for him to kind of get, you know, get acclimated and start to get comfortable and, and, and make that early impression um, so he can get some more call-ups. I don't think anyone is project, expecting him to have to play minutes. I think that's a little crazy. I think that'd be a little premature. Although, as you mentioned, cap tie. Cap tie. It's all about cap mm-hmm. tie. And he is one of these guys who has eligibility elsewhere. He can play for Poland. If you're Jurgen Klinsmann... You can either cap time now or have to wait till March. A lot can happen between now. Don't and wait. March. Yeah, exactly. So well, Miyazga, same, same thing goes for Miguel Barra too. I mean, he's another guy that isn't cap tied yet. 
Right, and I know some people say, like, really settle down. Miguel Ibarra, yeah, you like, never know. You never know. Well, that, well, it, that's the thing. A lot can happen between now and March. Now, let's just say hypothetically, Miguel Ibarra, you know, you don't cap time, and then he goes to Club Leon, goes back to Mexico, and then he just starts to, to light it up over the next three months, four months. You get to January, February, and he's on fire, and the hype bills in Mexico. Mexico decides to start calling him up. Then what do you do? He's not cap tied. He can do what he wants. Um, so you can nip that in the bud. And who better to cap tie people against uh, 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 by playing them against than St. Vincent and the Grenadines? I mean, a team that, let's face it, uh, I think you could probably play left back against them, and you know they they you know. They wouldn't get, they wouldn't score too many goals like against you. So and I don't know, man. I have no speed on the outside. I need to be more central. I just you can't play central. <laughs> but anyway, okay. I I'll say that you could play in goal, and, and I, think, <laughs> I, I think the U.S. could could probably manage to get through. So, um, but yeah, so that's a perfect team to cap tie people. So yeah, so I think you're gonna see Miazga get in there. You might. I think you're gonna see Ibarra get in there. Um, so, so yeah, so I think that's I think that's what Klinsman has in mind. Well, the one thing you mentioned earlier, and I, I want to rewind a little bit, Darlington Abbey in the midfield, he talked about him getting the start. I mean, he definitely needs to start. When you look at the midfield that Jurgen Klinsmann called in, and I know this isn't the game to really experiment. I mean, these are World Cup qualifying games. You want to go with guys who you know can get the job done. And, you know, you do kind of get that surprise reaction of, you know, Jermaine Jones and Kyle Beckerman are there. We can all agree that they're great players. They've served their time for the U.S. men's national team well. The reality is this. They're not getting any younger, and you need that fresh blood right there, Ivis. So as much as it is kind of why they're there, I get why you're why Jermaine Jones and why Kyle Beckerman have been called up. Uh, I, was, I, I mean, I get it. I was a little surprised by Beckerman um, just because I thought Danny Williams would get another look. Yes, but, yeah, but Danny Williams, Danny- man, that's surprising. Uh, yeah, but you know what? He did not look good against Costa Rica. So maybe maybe Klinsman has, has looked at that and said maybe he's just not ready. Maybe it's not time yet. And you know what? When it comes down to it, here's what it is. Before you really want to start experimenting in this round of qualifying, and, and, and I'm, oh, I agree. I think you can do some experimenting in this round of qualifying. But I think before you go into full-fledged experimentation mode, you want to get six points in the bag. And this is these two games – uh, the the St. Vincent home game in St. Louis. I mean, you should win that game, but that Trinidad game is no walk in the park. It's it's uh it's well it is it's a it's a, it's a game in the park. Um, it's not going to be easy, man. Trinidad, as we've seen recently, I mean, they can make things they can cause problems for good teams. I mean, they take they pushed Mexico to the breakdown in two different meetings. So they you know they I think it's been what four four the last two times they played Mexico. So they can score goals, they can cause problems, and you know, you, anytime you play in the Caribbean uh, or and you play in the Concacaf region as a whole, whether it's Jamaica, whether it's Trinidad, it, it's not it's not easy. People don't realize how, how tough it can be. Um, if you get once you get these six points in the bag, then you have a little bit of wiggle room, and you get into the later rounds, in the later uh, stages of this round. Ideally, if you, you what you want to do is go three and zero, four and zero, and then you have those last two games, and you can do whatever you want with them. Then you don't have to call in your top guys. Then you can bring in your B team, your 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 new faces, your guys you want to cap tie. Um, so I think in the St. Vincent game, maybe you'll you'll see a Miazga or an Ibarra come off the bench. But in terms of the starting lineups, I don't know. I don't know if Klinsman's going to be putting any any other than Darlington Nagby. I, I don't think these other new faces are going to get in. And also looking at the roster, there's two guys that I want to talk about, Ivis, and I keep seeing them get called up. 
that is Breck Shea makes this crude. I, I get their potential, and they do show very well at times to the U.S. men's national team, but both are far from what we think they can be. And Jurgen Klinsmann continues to call them up, especially makes this crude. Come on, I, was, I can think of other guys who are more worthy of a call than makes this crude right now. Now, it depends on what you go by when you say worthy. Because, I mean, I'll agree with you in from this standpoint. His play in MLS was not good. He did not have a good year. He started off well, first couple games, he showed a lot of promise, and then he kind of faded out. He really, he really was just kind of a, he just kind of was average. He was very average, you know, and and not at all what you expect. Now, having said that, the guy has had some games in the national team. He's had some good performances. Let's not forget now. Everyone remembers Bobby Wood scoring those goals against Germany and Netherlands, but Mixtiscrude had some games against those teams as well. And let's not forget him against Peru in September when he came off the bench. He looked good there. So he's had some games where he has shown some quality. And I think that's what's kept him in the mix. Ah, no pen or pen. Um, <laughs> I think they're really, I agree with you. I think for me, Sasha Kluschen, yeah, miles better than him in MLS this year. Obviously, Benny Phillips has been miles better than him. Uh, Dax McCarty. I mean, obviously, they're, they're, they're different kind of players. But if you're asking me between between Sasha Kluschen and, and Mixed Discrude, if you're asking me who I want to take to a qualifier to, and, and have to play in a qualifier, I'm going Sasha Kleston. The guy's playing out of his mind. Um, but, hey, this group's younger, and he's and he's recently had some games. This year, he's had some good games. So I can understand why Klinsman keeps going to that well because he's he's, – he's hey, what was it? Who did he score against? Was it Germany or was it the Netherlands? He had a goal against one of those teams. He had an assist against the other. So he contributed to goals in each of those friendlies, and it's easy to forget, right? I mean, it's always a what have you done for me lately kind of thing. So I don't have as much of a problem with there. For me, Breck Shea, you mentioned Breck Shea. Uh, there's who left backs, man. There's no left backs. I know, and I know, and I know that's why he's getting called up, but and no, but no, no, but he he is a good option there. He's a good option there. When he was playing left back for Orlando City. He was looking good, man. He was looking like one of the best left backs in the league. And then obviously Kevin Molino gets hurt. Everything has to get shaken up. They have to end the experiment. But I think if they go back to that, if Orlando City goes back to that next year and Shea definitely makes a permanent move to left back, he is going to be one of the best options that Klinsman has in the pool. There's just not a, you know, if you want to, you know, DeMarcus Beasley's, you know, he's not a kid anymore. He's old. Like it's time to move on from DeMarcus Beasley. And the only problem is who else is there? Greg Garza is hurt. He's in. He's come, recovering from surgery. And then what? Who, who is there? Tim Ream, it's, baby. Tim Ream is passable, but he's like not really a left back. He can play there. But then and who else? You can't just have one. So Breck Shea, for what like the ideal scenario for a left back is, a guy who can, who can cover ground, get up and down, actually contribute to an attack, take people on. Tim Ream's not taking anybody on. He's not taking anybody on. So from that standpoint, that's why I see Shea continuing to get looks. And I don't have his – I have – you know, if you ask me out of the two, I have a much less problem with Breck Shea getting a look than I do Mix this group. You know, Tim Ream listens to this show, I've been told. And by you being negative, he's now not going to want to take people out. Good who job. Told you, who told you Tim listens to this I, show? I have, I have legit word, Ivis. He's going to listen. All he's right. going to be like, you know what, Ivis says I can't do it, so I'm not going to do it. Okay, first of all, just for the record, I'm pretty <laughs> sure – and I'm pretty sure there are people out there who can vouch for me being like the first person on a Tim Ream bandwagon. <laughs> I know. I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. I, 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 you know what? I tied the horses to the wagon on the Tim Ream bandwagon. That, 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 that was me circa 2010, however long ago that was. 
but I tell you what, he impressed me. And you know what? You know what? And I said it before. It always stuck in my head that Tim Ream couldn't play left back. You know why? Because he said it himself to me when, uh, however long ago, uh, when he when he was uh, his rookie year. I still remember asking him. I said, "Yeah, you know, uh, what do you think about left back?" He's like, "You don't want to see me at left back." Because it's that words. <laughs> and obviously, things have changed in four or five years. I mean, obviously, he's he's had experiences and. He, yeah, he, he got a lot of playing time there at Bolton. Um, so he's a, he's a passable option, serviceable option. Very, he can be a solid defender because you know what? At the end of the day, he's just – we all joke about Jurgen Klinsmann and the time that he said anybody could play left back. And here's the thing. If you're a smart player, if you understand positioning and you can read the game and you're – you know, if you, you have to be somewhat athletic, he can play the position and he can play that. He's, he's got all those things. He's very intelligent, excellent passer left-footed he's he can play left back but in terms of ideally for the system and and what you want you want someone who can attack more um so he he's kind of passable like he he can you know he can handle the defensive duties if you need him and you don't have anyone else to play left back but you know the best case scenario the what you want is a guy who can who has the wheels to get up and down who can take people on and that's kind of Brett Shea's best case scenario is that, and that's why I think Klinsman is still holding out hope that he can kind of mold Shea into that kind of guy. And I have his up top, Jordan Morris is back. I mean, is he in the starting lineup, first game? <laughs> nah, he, Bobby Wood, man. You got to go Bobby Wood. Bobby Wood's coming off a huge game with uh, Union Berlin, his team in Germany. Uh, I think you'll see Morris uh, definitely play in both these games. I think he'll come off the bench. Uh what I what I'm in, I'm interested to see Jossie's artist play forward. Um, I think with uh, having yet uh, having Darnton and Nagby in the mix, I think I think Nagby's obviously going to play wide. Um, you know, you, you you know maybe we'll see a Nag- if we see Nagby and Yedlin on the flanks. I mean that that's some serious speed coming at you. Um, maybe we'll have the opportunity to see Zardis Zardis play with, uh, next to Altidore. Uh, see how that tandem uh how that can do uh or or maybe we'll see bobby wood i know we didn't get to see bobby wood start against costa rica um but i want to see all these guys again uh, see how they all connect with altador maybe we'll see you know what maybe that's because because always go always throws kind of a surprise he always throws kind of a curveball at us maybe we will see the josie jordan uh forward tandem the the altador morris tandem so maybe it's possible it could happen Against St. Vincent, it could definitely happen. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you want to throw Jordan Morris uh, out in Port of Spain against Trinidad, not in the starting lineup. Well, the first game for the U.S. is this Friday against St. Vincent and the Grenadines. That will be in St. Louis. The following match against Trinidad and Tobago will be on November seventeenth. That will be in Port of Spain. So, I was, we have plenty of time. We'll have one more show, so we'll really break down. This epic matchup against St. Vincent and the Grenadines. At least one more show. Maybe we'll have two shows or two. I don't know. I'm uh, I'm actually heading. I wasn't actually originally going to. Originally, I wasn't going to go to the qualifier in St. Louis. Uh, no offense against St. Louis, but, you know, it's St. Vincent, Vincent and the Grenadines. And, I mean, most people expected to be a block. So, originally, I wasn't going to go. But now I am going. So, to all my peeps in St. Louis, I will be in the house. And, uh, you know, it'll be good catching up with my St. Louis peeps. Uh, and hopefully, knock on wood, it won't be freezing cold for once. Because I feel like the last—I think I've been there twice before, and I'm pretty sure both times has been freezing cold. So hopefully, this time around, it's not that cold. 
Um, and I will be in Trinidad. It'll be my first trip to the Port of Spain, Trinidad. Uh, I've never been. I've been the. I've been in Jamaica. I've been to Dominican Republic. I have not been in Trinidad. Looking forward to it. Dude, I'm jealous, dude, that you're going to Trinidad. That sounds sick. Like, why aren't you yeah. taking me? <laughs> I know. You sound like my wife. My, that was my Dude, like, I would my, love to go to the port of Spain. My, my, my wife was like, when I told her, I, I kind of was like, a matter of factly, uh, I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to Trinidad. She's like, what? You're going to Trinidad? What do you mean you're going to Trinidad? I'm like, uh, yeah, it's a game. So then she's all like, oh, we should have planned a trip, blah, blah. And then, of course, I, so I had, to, I had to, you know, I had to play the hurricane season card and be like, oh, come on. It's going to rain the whole time. It doesn't matter. You're not missing anything. So I don't know if that's true. I just just sounded good at that time. So I went with that. I'm jealous, dude. I would love to go to Trinidad. I kind of wish I was going for longer. I'm, I'm, I'm only uh, – I get there Sunday night, and uh, the game's on Tuesday, and then I'm out on Wednesday. So maybe I'll, hopefully uh, – Hopefully it's nice. Hopefully the weather's nice. Hopefully it really actually isn't raining. I think the weather forecast did call for a lot of rain. So I don't know if I'll be chilling by the beach when I'm in Trinidad. (laughs) 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 Why am I laughing at that? I don't know why. (laughs) Because you know where that's from. (laughs) Well, I'm sure I was having an SBI meetup for the 10 fans that will go to Trinidad for that game. Uh, I'll just go. You know what? I'll just go to the AO party, which will be like a bar and like five, five fans or yeah. ten fans. Hey, Actually, you know what? You, never sure, know. you know, yeah, it's Trinidad. I'm sure a lot. I'm sure a lot of fans will go. Could US be. fans travel well everywhere, so plus, like it's you know, it's cold in the East Coast. Opportunity to get away. Yeah, not bad. Not you know, bad. People can see it like that. Oh, well, we'll, we'll we'll have another show, so we'll break down these games and recap them over the next week. And Ivis, we got to move on to the Americans abroad front. Brad Guzan, we didn't talk about him. He's been called up to the roster for these two qualifying games. He and Aston Villa this past weekend shut out Manchester City. That is awesome. However, they also didn't score a goal themselves. So they got a point in this one, which, dude, they need points. They are bottom of the Premier League table right now. But at least Brad Guzan shut out Manchester City. So you do have that. It's a nice feather in the cap, especially... Uh... Ahead of the big uh, the big battle that he's going to have with Tim Howard for the starting spot, um, you know you definitely want to try to gain some momentum. It's been a nightmare year for Villa, obviously, um, and they just obviously hired a new manager, Remy Gard, to, to take over. We don't know. I, I don't know. How they, I, I don't know, man. So I don't know. I don't know if that's going to. I don't know if they're going to be able to turn things around. But at least if you're Guzan, uh, you know you, you're keeping your job. You're doing you're doing what you can. Uh, obviously, the change in manager. I don't know if he's that upset about, since obviously there's always there was always that sense that uh, Teddy uh, Teddy uh, Tim Sherwood. I always mix up Tim Sherwood and Teddy, Teddy Sherwood. That Tim Sherwood, um, you know, wasn't a fan so of Guzan, but now he's gone, so it won't matter. Uh, and hopefully, Guzan can kind of build on that, and uh, we'll see if he can un- if he can hold off Tim Howard. Uh, I think it's a tough one. I know. I know some Everton fans will, will disagree with the idea that Tim Howard is in anything but terrible form, since uh, a lot of Everton fans aren't happy with Tim Howard these days. But I, I think this, I, I still got to put my money on Tim Howard to to win that to win that job. And heading into camp, uh, we mentioned him possibly getting a start. Bobby Wood, uh, he's coming off a good game, final game for uh, um, for his club side before he heads um, and joins the U.S. Men's National Team. He scored a goal and an assist, and I guess it just continues the run. Um, that Bobby Wood's been on, man. I mean, dude, he's, he's been playing some good soccer these last couple months. No, he's playing with confidence, and he's definitely a guy who uh, he, he he puts himself in good spots. He makes things happen. Uh, he's quick. We've and now we've seen him uh, be able to finish, and he's a, a finish well. 
uh, and when he's finishing, he, he he puts it all he he puts that all together, and he's he, he suddenly you look at him and he's really he can be a really good forward. So so we'll see if he can build on that um, in in these upcoming qualifiers, and and I think this is a great opportunity for him to to kind of jump in there, and and it's a it's a wide open contest. I tell you what, I don't know when I don't know when Clint Dempsey's going to come back. I'm not going to say he's he's not ever coming back. I think he'll come back. I think he's uh, I think he'll be there when Copa America when Copa America rolls around. But I think I can definitely picture Klinsman wanting to get a long look at some of these younger options through this round of qualifying. And I think look, I don't think he's taking it for granted, but I think he sees this round of qualifying as a chance to look at some younger guys. And Ivis, uh, we talked about this on the last show that Bob Bradley is leaving Norway, potentially taking a job in France. Not official yet, but it's looking pretty He's strong. He's taking it's it. It's looking pretty strong. Hey, hey I'll done. believe it when paperwork is signed, Ivis. Until then, you until can believe then, it when I say it's done. Until it's then, Ivis, he won Manager of the Year in Norway. Did a wonderful job up there. I mean, that's why he's now moving on to France and taking on a bigger club, and hopefully that will continue to open up doors for Bob Bradley. Yes, sir, man. He keeps on rolling. Uh, he got his team a Europa League spot, manager of the year in Norway. And uh, that's a, you know what? He keeps on building. He keeps on uh, impressing and he keeps on showing that he's an excellent manager. And uh, I know he, he got a lot of flack from, from U.S. national team fans. And I've said it time and again. I still don't feel like he gets the credit he deserves. I think I think people, uh, I think some people really have a, a skewed view of, of his time as the, as the U.S. coach. And, and I think now he he's slowly but surely starting to show in Europe that you know what he's better than people than some people give him credit for being. So we'll see what he does with this next step. Because I can tell you what, man, if he if he if, if he can help Lahav gain promotion to league on, I mean that's then. And I said it, I think I said it last show that will really really turn heads in Europe, and that will really start to open some doors that maybe hadn't been open till now. It'd be pretty crazy, man. Like I said, I still don't know why he didn't take the Chelsea job. He could have waited. Yeah. Definitely could have waited. I'll tell you what, if I inherited thirty billion dollars tomorrow and I could just buy Chelsea from Roman Abramovich, I would hire Bob Bradley as my coach. So there you go. Yeah. Jason Christ is his assistant. <laughs> <laughs> um well Ivis, uh you were at this game this past weekend. NESL playoffs in full swing at the Cosmos. They defeated the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. We'll talk about the other game in a second. But look, he's he's leaving New York. He's retiring. Raul with the game-winning goal. I mean, dude, what a way for him to uh, to be closing the final chapter in his career. Yeah, man. He 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 came up. He stepped up when his team needed him to step up, and he still he he showed that you know he can still play at a high level, man. He still has that magical skill, and obviously at his age, you know, it's not like he can dominate for ninety minutes like he used to, but. It, 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 I mean, one thing I'll say: look, they, they, the, the Cosmos they, they played, they had to play uh, uh, in Brooklyn at Coney Island. It was all a little bit of bit surreal, playing on a baseball field, and you had the, the roller coasters in the background, and it, it was all a little weird for it to be Raul's last game. And it would, it, I feel like it would have, it would not have been fitting if if they had lost that game. And if they lost that game, that would have been it for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so to see him step up, score an excellent goal, and pull off some amazing moves, I mean, he. He put a he put a nice little highlight reel together about five or six just just jaw dropping kind of technical moves uh, that he was able to do and he can still ball man he can still play 
his goal was excellent. And uh, and look, credit to the Cosmos, man. They 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 uh, they actually gave up the, the the first goal in this game, and you're kind of looking at it and like, oh, are the strikers gonna pull this one out? And credit to the Cosmos, man. They 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 showed their quality. They showed why. Well, they were the number one team in the in the regular season, and that, here they go. They go. They're going to the final. They're hosting the final uh, against the tough, tough Ottawa Fury team, and uh, it's not going to be easy. Yeah, for the oh, for the Cosmos, second time in three years that they're in the soccer bowl. I'm looking to become the first NASL team to win two soccer bowl titles since 2011. Um, and you mentioned it. I mean, we didn't talk about it. Ottawa Fury, Ivis. I mean, they defeated Minnesota United late goal in stoppage time. They're in the final. Um, Matchup's going to be on November 15th in New York. I mean, dude, that's going to be jam-packed on November 15th. Oh, no, no question. It's going to be sold out. Uh, they'll be playing at, uh, at Hofstra. Uh, sadly, I will not be there. I wish I could be there. I was actually – I was in Atlanta when they, when uh, the Cosmos won uh, the soccer bowl two years ago. Uh, that was a pretty uh, pretty great experience. Um, unfortunately, I will not be there. I will be, on, I will be in route to Trinidad uh, on that the night of that match, but that's going to be a good one. You know, the, uh, I mean, I think most people will think that the Cosmos are, are the easy pick, but look, Ottawa was the, was the, they were the top team in the fall season. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they pummeled the Cosmos the last time these teams played. So that, that's, uh, I'm sure that's going to be in the back of the minds of the, of the Cosmos that they're going to be, they're going to want to exact a little bit, a little bit of revenge there. Uh, and above all, they're going to want to send out, uh, send Raul and Marco Senna out, uh, as champions, I mean, both those guys are going to retire. Two mm-hmm. big stars for the Cosmos, and still not quite sure how they're going to replace those guys. But you know, they're going to want to send them out, send them out with a victory. And I think the you, you got to like the Cosmos' chances. Nothing against Ottawa. They, 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 Ottawa had a great fall season, but I just think the cream's going to rise to the top, and 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 Raul is Raul is going to put together a signature game. I think he's going to score at least two goals and just and just really ride off into the sunset with that last trophy. Yeah, see, that would hopefully that works out, man. It always does, but hopefully it does. Right, what are you rooting for? The come on, man! You're just going <laughs> to offend our Ottawa listeners, our our four and a half Ottawa Ottawa listeners. Do any, does anyone from Ottawa listen to the show? No, that's a good question. I could probably look it up, but actually, no, I have no way to find out. I have no idea. I, All I know is that I, I do know the Ottawa Fury do very well in terms of attendance. The whole the way the cities embrace them. I know they have a very good thing going on up there. Yeah, no, they do. Although they're going to need to find a new manager pretty soon because uh, their manager's uh, joining Sporting Kansas City. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, one thing I would say about Ottawa, as in, because I know uh, uh, MLS fans in general don't follow NASL. I think it's kind of like two different groups. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's some overlap. There's a couple, but I know there's a lot of fans. Uh, there's a lot of MLS fans that don't bother following NASL. Don't know a thing about NASL, but. Uh, what's crazy is interesting how many former MLS players are playing and thriving in uh, in the NESL. Um, you just, I mean, you look at these rosters, and I mean, they're stacked with names that people should know. I mean, Ottawa Fury is an example. They won. They won today. The big game, obviously. Tom Heineman, uh, another MLS veteran. Um, you had obviously Julian De Guzman. We all we all remember him. Uh, Canadian national team uh, standout. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Richter, another former MLSer. Um, so, and then obviously Minnesota United with uh, Manny Lagos, the coach, former MLS player, Greg Jordan, Khalif Al Hassan, um, Aaron Pitch Colin. So, you know, these, these are, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys. So it's, it's, it's great. I think that I, I would say this I feel like the level, and I think I've said it many times, the level 
of play in NASL has, has improved considerably over the last three or four years. Um, I feel like it's really stepped up. You've had, you know, stronger ownership groups, new ownership groups come in uh, and really kind of elevate the level. Obviously, the Cosmos, was they, they were kind of big catalyst in that. Um, I mean, they're not the only reason, but they're a big catalyst in that. And and now that's why you're seeing uh, these kind of these kind of lineups that, you know what, have have more quality top to bottom than 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 we had a few years ago. I mean, the Cosmos game is an example. I mean, we all know about about Senna and and Raul. But then, I mean, like a Danny Zatella, I mean, for me, Danny Zatella can play in MLS. He can start in MLS for team for, for several teams. Uh, I don't think that's a stretch by any means. I mean, Walter Restrepo, a very good player. I think he, he could definitely play in MLS. Uh, and then you look at a team like the Strikers, um, Henry Thomas, who played in the Premier League. Uh, so there's a lot of quality down there in, in NASL. And I know some MLS fans just won't watch it or haven't bothered to try to start watching it. But tell you what, if you haven't, if you if you didn't watch, watch this, if you get a chance to watch the final, watch the final. It'll be on Sunday. There is no MLS. There are no MLS playoffs. There is no European soccer on Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern. If, find a way to watch the NASL final, and I'll tell you what, you're not. I mean, above all, it's Raul's last game, so for that, for that alone, you should want to watch the NASL final. Uh, but I think actually it's going to be a great game. Yeah, I mean, dude, even though the MLS playoffs aren't going on, Ivis, mean, there's a lot going on. U.S. Men's National Team games, NASL championship. So I mean, we'll be we'll be we'll be pretty set this next couple weeks. Well, okay. This week coming up, we'll obviously be talking about national team. We'll start to I, what I, what I do think we need to do. We need to get back on the on the wagon when it comes to interviews. Uh, sure. I know our sketch. A big, just for folks wondering, a big reason we haven't been able to do interviews much in la, in like what seems like six months is because our schedules just don't really work well um, to record at times that are reasonable for 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 interview subjects to call us on. Uh, hopefully we we can we we adjust that and we start getting some some interviews this week. I think that'd be great. Um, so uh, if you're listening to the show and you, there, there's people that you'd like to get have us on, uh, have us get as guests. Now be reasonable. Uh, don't say Zlatan and Cristiano Ronaldo or you know Sunil Galati, who's apparently not talking to any media these days. Uh, you know if you if there's players, a coach, someone you'd like to you, you think would be an interesting one. Let us know. We'll see what we can do. Uh, I do. Want, I do want to get the ball rolling on uh, on on having uh, guests on. I agree, man. Show's always much better when we have guests. Well, yeah, you like it because it's just easier because it's less show time. <laughs> That's not true. What he's talking about. I love these hour and a half shows. No, yeah, I, I don't know how they end up so <laughs> long. I. I mean, I know why. It's because I talk so much, but um, we'll try to cut it down. I think if we have more shows, they'll, they'll just start naturally getting shorter. So. I think so. But there's plenty to talk about. There's good things to talk about. So, you know, why limit ourselves, Ivis? That's what I say. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I, you know, it's funny. I always, you, you always get the people who are like, oh, you know, why does it have to be so long? I'm like, listen, just listen to it in, in, in portions. <laughs> just get half hour, you know, do your half hour in the morning, half hour at lunch, half hour on the way back home. The people who have long commutes love us because and we, we make an hour and a half just fly by. Yes, fly by. <laughs> I didn't know to say that. <laughs> I'm trying to think whoever has a, whoever has a long hour and a half commute, but then I was like, no one probably has that long. People have. Hey, you'd be surprised. People have. Well, well you know, as for a, an hour, but hour who has a commute? Oof. You know, as a commute, apparently, Kakuta Mane has a long commute because he has to he has to like live somewhere that counts as American citizenship, so he can get his citizenship. So there's another one for you. 
That's true. Or I guess maybe the guys who play at uh, Tijuana, living in San Diego, crossing the border. That could take a few hours sometimes. Hours? Really? It can happen. You never know. Sometimes at the border. It's... I don't know if any of those. I don't know if Paul Ariola. Although he's been on the show. I don't know if he listens to the show. ask. Yeah. We'll have to, we will. All right. Well, Ivis, that wraps up today's show. Anything else we need to discuss before, uh, before I let you go? Uh, I think that's it, man. I think it's uh, interesting. A couple weeks ahead. Uh, so now, one of the things I'm trying to figure out is: do I do I try to drive to Columbus, or do I fly, or do I like fly out to Portland for the uh, first leg of the conference finals? What do you think? Hmm. What should I, should I do? It's a tough call, man. It's a tough call. It's an eight hour drive. I wouldn't do the whole eight hours. I would. I would. I would. Take probably take Franco with me, and, and then I think I might take Franco and Ryan Tolmich, and and we'll do the SBI caravan over to, uh, out to Columbus. Um, we're all gonna crash it. Well, Chaps House actually. I don't know. So. <laughs> totally made that up. Um, but, Does uh, he know this yet? No, I'm sure he's listening to the show, so I'm sure he'll get a good laugh. Apparently, everyone listens to the show. No, no, just Will Trap and Timmer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, nah, man. but you know, I gotta go to Portland. I want to go to it, this. This is probably my last chance. This is my last chance to go to Portland. This year, so I don't know if I don't go. If I don't go to Portland, it will be the first calendar year since 2012 that I don't go to Portland. Really? God, how's your family out there handling that's like that? That's like a two year. That's only a two year different. It's only been two years now. I had never been to Portland before 2013, and now I've been there like eight times. Yeah, I, I just my concern is for for you know that secret family in Portland. They haven't seen you in that long. <laughs> I think I think of the issues, you know. That secret family, nice. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure. I, I'm pretty sure that my that other wife already divorced me. So. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, I was wondering. Actually, that. you know what? I, I probably won't go to Portland because the last time I went to Portland for a playoff game, they lost RSL. So that's true. You're I, a bad luck. I might be a bad luck charm. You're a bad luck for a lot of things. Actually, I'm trying to think now. You're a bad think, luck for home you know teams. What? I think home teams have. I think I don't think home teams do too well in the playoffs. Out west when I go because I'm because RSL obviously, yeah I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to figure the track record out because uh, yeah I got I, I'm gonna have to write it down I'm gonna have to figure out how many uh, what the win loss record is for Western Conference teams uh, home teams when I visit I don't think it's too good yeah, well I'm probably gonna drive to yeah, I can't think I'm gonna pro- I'm probably gonna drive to Columbus that's what it is yeah I like Columbus I like Columbus as much as you know maybe a couple people don't think I like Columbus I like Columbus. Big fan. I've never been, so I can't tell you. It's all right. It's not bad. It's on the uh, Cleveland list, an Orlando list for me. What's that? What, what list are these? The Cleveland Orlando list, you know. Just no. That, uh, wait. Yeah. What? Are we still on <laughs> combining those teams, those cities? Come on. <laughs> all right. It's late. What do you, you can't you can't hold these things accountable. It's late for me. All right. Um, all right, Evans. I'm going to end it on that note before I piss off more cities. All right. So you Come have on. a good week. Detroit, Cleveland, yeah, Detroit's Ottawa. definitely on there. Yeah, who else, who else would be on there? Like Ottawa. like Nashville. Nashville's great. What are you talking about? What else? I've been in Nashville twice. To think what else? Great time. Great time. I See, think that's you, it. You need to travel more. I do that's travel it. a lot. You know that. I haven't heard great. I've you know I've never been Charlotte. I haven't heard great things about Charlotte. So maybe I never Charlotte. either. I'd put that on the list too. I've never been, so I don't want to put anyone. I don't want to put a city I haven't been to on a list. I'm not going to just crap on a city. Charlotte's a great soccer city. Yeah, you're nicer than me then. What's that? You're nicer than me on that. Because well, I'm a, I'm diplomatic, and I also know Charlotte's a great soccer city, and we probably have a lot of listeners from Charlotte, so I don't want to piss them off. So there you go. Yeah. They could have an MLS team in uh, 2055. 
you know, you never know. <laughs> That's not pissing them off, all right. <laughs> nah, I just get it. By the way, we're even talking expansion. San Antonio now making moves. We did talk about that in the last show. Oh, that's right. I yeah, they were talking the about the Spurs like, buying the stadium. That's right. There's so much going man. on, man. What's going on? What's going on with Sacramento, man? Sacramento is just like twisting in the wind. Poor Sacramento. They'll get it. I don't know. I don't know. Miami. I don't know. I feel like I feel like I feel like my Miami's gonna build like a like a floating stadium in the ocean. So. <laughs> like they, they're gonna figure something out. They'll make it. Don Garber will make it happen. Let's we'll see. We'll see. Hey, a few weeks, man. A few weeks before all the uh, Garber's going to roll. Meeting, meeting Gar- Gar- Don Garber's going to roll up in a Brinks truck and just just hand out bags of cash just to make it happen. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we'll see what happens. All right, guys, I'm going to end this show there. I'm going to let you go. You enjoy the rest of the week. As always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the reviews. That is Ivan's question. I am Gary Cleverly. This is the SBI Show.